Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. Hello, and welcome to today's webinar, Cover Crop Options for Hot and Humid Areas. My name is Robert Maggiani, and I am a sustainable agriculture specialist in the Southwest Office of the National Center for Appropriate Technology, more commonly known as NCAT. NCAT is a national nonprofit organization with six offices around the country. We work on sustainable agriculture, sustainable energy, and sustainable communities. Today's webinar comes to you from our Southwest office in San Antonio, Texas. This webinar is a product of the Subtropical Organic Agriculture Research Partnership, or SOAR. SOAR is a project of NCAT and the University of Texas in the Rio Grande Valley. It is funded through the Organic Transitions Program of USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. We are grateful to NEFA for making this event possible. Our speaker today is Justin Duncan. Justin is a sustainable agriculture specialist in the Southwest Office of NCAT, also in San Antonio. Justin earned a bachelor's degree in agriculture at Prairie View A&M University and a master's degree in agronomy at Texas A&M. He was part of an extensive multi-year strawberry research project here in Texas last year and is an active member of the Texas Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. He travels all over the U.S. representing NCAT and even traveled to the Ukraine last year to participate in an international organic herb conference. So I will now turn the microphone over to Justin. Justin? Hello, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about uh, cover crop options for hot and humid areas. This is important because uh, when I first got into organic farming and, and raising crops and all that, I, I quickly noticed that the literature that I was reading was very different from what was going on in my fields. So, uh, you know, most of the literature when I when I first started was it was geared towards you know what was going on up, on up north in Michigan and in New York and, and, and Wisconsin and all that. And so, uh, those those methods and the concepts they talked about, I understood them, but they didn't work well in the soils that I was working with. And so. Some of the things that I, I figured out in my trial and error uh, learning of uh, organic farming in the human south was that you know cooler areas have much more soil organic matter. Down where I'm at, we're lucky if we get a half a percent to to two percent organic matter when we're supposed to have five uh, five percent organic matter. So. Areas up north, like Russia and Canada and all that, they, they store massive amounts of uh, soil organic matter as peat. And as this peat breaks down, it releases huge amounts of uh, carbon dioxide, and that contributes to climate change. So the differences you know, between the, the northern regions and the southern regions is that um, since they're cooler, they have a lot more organic matter because it doesn't break down. In the hotter areas, uh, the uh, the organic matter it breaks down really quickly. It's it's uh, it, you know stuff volatilizes and all that. So um, what what science shows us is that the cooler areas, if they have a one degree rise in temperature, you expect to lose about ten percent soil organic matter. That's a that's a big change. 
but in a, in a warmer area, the same rise of one degree Celsius will only really, uh, result in about a 3% so, loss in soil organic matter. And that's because the organic matter in the southern areas, uh, it burns off quickly, but what's left is more resilient. And uh, the stuff up north uh, that, that sticks around because of the cooler temperatures is more ephemeral. It, it breaks down easier and faster uh, with heat. Soil organic matter is very important to water retention. Um, soils maintain huge uh, reservoir of water in their organic matter. It's basically like a big, big sponge. Um, the hotter it becomes, the more water is lost through uh, transpiration and evaporation and evapotranspiration, all that sort of thing. Um, but it's also lost um, because organic matter um, is lost. So the uh, the loss of organic matter leads to a loss in water holding capacity. Basically, the the sponge not only dries out, but it gets smaller every time it it uh, it the the temperature increases. So um, the less water there is in the soil, the hotter the ambient temperature becomes. So it's it's basically a self-replicating cycle of heating. The more more heat, the less organic matter, the less water, and that creates more heat and that uh, causes you to lose more organic matter and more water. So uh, soil organic matter decomposes in hot areas um, much, much faster than in cool areas. Um, it's basically you need twice the amount of inputs in a hot area than you do in a cool area to just break even. And that's every growing cycle. So some of the things that you can do are use different systems of, um, of, of production, like no-till. So if you use no-till, you lose about half the amount of soil organic matter each season um, of conventional tillage. But using no-till, uh, Ceteris paribus, in hot areas should equalize um, you know, um, the, the, the production in cool areas and the retention of uh, organic matter, but it doesn't. And that's because how would you incorporate it? If you're, if, if you're building up organic matter on the top of the soil surface and you're interested in storing it in the soil, um, you, you can't incorporate it uh, with the machine because now it's not no-till. So you have to rely on organisms and uh, Soil organisms do move uh, organic matter around in the soil. Um, that's called bioturbation. Um, that move that does pull organic matter from the top down into the uh, into the topsoil, but is it at a rate that you can uh, produce successfully at and profitably at? Um, Soil organic matter it disperses negative effects, and these effects are are toxic chemicals or toxic minerals in the soil, um, and it it works by um, organic matter breaks down into into humus, and it it well it's it is humus and it it's a part of humus. So basically, organic matter or organic soil organic matter covers everything. It's it's all the little bits and pieces of the soil and it's also the undifferentiated organic matter which is the humus which the all the stuff breaks down into. Um, 
But humus is a gigantic molecule, a very, very long, complex molecule, and they have the ability to chelate harmful minerals. Um, so they basically dilute the ability to harm plant roots. And this is important uh, down here because we've got a lot of iron and manganese in the soil, and these are dispersed by humus, uh, as well as aluminum, uh, free aluminum in the soil, um, and that's, that's what you see in a lot of uh, well-weathered tropical soils. Um, that's very toxic to roots as well, and uh, you know, like you you hear about um, people cutting down the rainforest and the land is productive for a few years, and then um, they have to uh, move to the next area. This is because when they first start using these uh, former forests for um, f uh, for for field production, there's a high amount of organic matter, but after a few after a few cycles of growing, all that organic matter is basically burnt off, and you're left with these highly weathered soils that have a lot of free aluminum in them. And so that's 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 most of what's causing those soils to not be productive anymore. So how do we build soil uh, soil organic matter? Um, up north, they use compost, and in here they use compost too. I'm I'm not a big fan of composting, and a lot of people don't understand that, and they kind of get mad at me. But I don't I don't believe in composting. Um, compost in in hot areas, um, compost volatilizes too much of the nitrates and carbon, and so you're you're trying to create something that's good for the soil and builds the soil up, but at the same time you're losing much of what the plants need to uh, to grow and, and flourish. And so what I do is a much slower process. Um, you can also use manure, but it's really bulky and it's messy to move. Um, in organic production, you know, there's some regulations uh, dealing with uh, using, um, using fresh hot manure. So you know, it's it's an option, but not an immediate option when you're using uh, when you're growing uh, crops that you want to market. So my solution is cover crops. I love cover crops. They're they're awesome in just about every way because you grow your organic matter right in place. There's no withdrawal period. You don't have to worry about any regulations with it. You grow your cover crops, and uh, depending on how, how you uh, manipulate them afterwards, um, your next season's crop can, can use them. Um, they add nitrogen, and this is true of your legumes, and they use a bacteria called rhizobium. Um, also, Brady rhizobium and a few other different genera of, uh, of rhizobium. Uh, legumes form associations with the rhizobium. The, the rhizobium is basically, it's basically a disease that benefits the plant. When the, when the legume is young, the rhizobium uh, attaches onto the root hairs, and it, it, it infects the root, and it causes a nodule to grow. And if it's the right rhizobium, um, then it will feed the plant. So um, cover crops also help to move minerals from the subsoil into the topsoil. This is especially true of your deeper-rooted um, cover crops. You know, these things are getting roots down five, six, seven, eight feet deep. So they they pull what they need from the lower soils into the topsoil and make it available for the next crop. Um, they also increase soil porosity. Um, basically, they get in between the um, the soil. The, they break up compaction, so they make a micro. Uh, they make a 
macropores uh, with their bigger roots, and after they die, um, the root decomposes and it leaves like a. Uh, I, it's kind of like a fossil, like when you when you make an imprint of something and then. Um, the thing that you made the imprint of decomposes. That's basically what happens in the soil. So that water fil uh, water filtration is is going through these um, these pore spaces left by the roots. Um, now, after you've grown your cover crops, you have to decide if you're going to mow and incorporate them, or you're going to mow and mulch them, or use a no-till system. And that that depends on what crop you're going to grow afterwards. You can find other episodes of Atra. Voices from the Field, along with Atra's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.